Welcome to Ravel, a roundtable show about how faith gets complex with the vast amount of information at our fingertips. For some people, this complexity has caused the unraveling of their faith, and for other people, it's been liberating. Take us, for example. I'm Stephen. I'm Josh. And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of the American Christian spectrum, and as some of our beliefs migrate, we still feel like our theology is in process. Theology always has fundamentally been, and will always be, an exploratory dialogue. That alone is proof that faith raveling doesn't have to be a crisis, even if it feels like it. We don't have all the answers, so we want to use this show to model what it can look like to genuinely sort through beliefs in real time. So share a drink with us as we pull on the thread of our own pressing questions. Thanks for listening. Wow. Hello. Hello. Hi. Look at all your beautiful, shining faces. Good to see you. Your big, beaming smiles. Always. Things are different around here on these parts, and one of those things is that we're recording on video, so... All of us having a good hair day? What are we all drinking today? I have to know. I just simply have to know what you're drinking. I made myself a really quick cocktail with Topo Chico, some English dry gin, a little bit of aperitif that's like a... I think it's got some like berry infusion in there or something like huckleberry or something. Uh, a little bit of lemon juice and dashes of bitters. And man, it is just what the doctor ordered. It's like a little strong. It's a little tart. It's pretty good. Josh, you should just be a bartender. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> you should just go it. work in like a high end cocktail bar. And yeah, but nights, I don't know if I want to work nights, you know, like, can we just make a daytime bar job where I'm a little bar boy during the day? Oh, that's coffee. You need to switch it up here, my friend. Oops. That does sound delightful, um, but I'm not consuming alcohol. I have my water. This is bottle number five today. Hydrate or dihydrate. Would you like a participation trophy? I would actually prefer a sticker. What is this energy, Josh? Jeez. (laughs) Because he's high on Topo Chico. Um, And then I have yet to finish my mug of British blend tea. So I'm sipping on that little bits at a time. I love that. I am on my new favorite. I've just been calling nearly every beverage that I make for myself and for Dixie. I call them potions now, and it's so fun. Ooh. 10 out of 10 recommend yes. just talking about things you drink in terms of potions. It's very I good. I with that. My, my latest favorite here is the constant comment decaffeinated black tea. Ooh. Lots of like cinnamon, spice, and yeah. like orange in the tea. And then what I do is a little dollop of honey, a squeeze of lemon, and then I leave the rind in the tea, <gasps> like steeping Ooh, in there. Yeah. Super citrusy, just warm, uh, so lovely. And there's no caffeine. So, but a good citrusy. I'm going to be it's a, not like a, a sleepy boy. Yeah, for sure. It's not yeah. overpowering. Sometimes yeah. it's a bit much. That is delightful. Big fan. Look at all of good us. Soup. Good soup. Good soup. All right, I have a question for you guys. The question is this. Jesus, you know Jesus of Nazareth, famously the Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He told his disciple Peter that he was going to build his church upon that rock. My question is, what the hell did Jesus think the church would be? 
Hmm. Okay. I think it's such a good question. I just don't know. We all know what Paul thinks. Yeah. The church is and should be. Jesus doesn't talk about it that much. And honestly, as far as I can tell, in the two letters bearing his name, Peter didn't talk about it that much either. So what do we imagine Jesus was on about? What did he think the church was going to be? I kind of want Josh to go first. As the the, uh, most decorated theologian in our gathering space, I don't want to go first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you saying you know the answer? I'm saying I think my answer is <laughs> most educated, <laughs> more well-rounded. Let's sure, just say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I think this question is particularly interesting this year, um, partly because of the the new scholarly findings around Mary being called the Tower. Yeah, and that being a direct correlation to Peter being called the Rock. That's Mary of Magdala, to be clear. Yes, and some possible. I think there's more being discovered, and I'm not up to date on it, but I think there's some possible question of maybe some mistranslation, some mistranslated passages about specifically like, on this rock I will build the church, or like, on this rock in the tower. Um, So I think this question is huge this year. My first thought goes to, I bet Jesus is using the word ekklesia, at least as it's translated into Greek. Now, who knows what word he's using in Aramaic? I don't know. I'm not a scholar. Emily might know. But like my premonition is that there's a very reasonable argument to be made that he's saying that like my people, like the people who follow me after you, will be like you in a certain way. I get no sense that he is in any way indicating institutionalization, religion. And like at the same time, I think that it's a very easy critique to make against the modern church. Like you hear fundamentalists make this critique. You hear atheists make this critique. You hear like very anti-religious people make this critique about like, well, Jesus didn't even want there to be a church. Like you have the wrong idea. And like, I, I don't want it to sound like that because like, I don't know that that helps either. (laughs) I agree. Cause I think that, I think that argument actually minimizes what Jesus was trying to say. Yes. In the idea of it's about the people. It is about those sent out, those who are living it, doing the work in community, being justice oriented, being merciful, seeking out justice and mercy where it needs to be. And when we just flat out say, well, Jesus didn't want a church at all, you're taking away the very thing that Jesus is actually trying to say about church. Mm. And that does more harm than good. It reminds me a little bit of the episode we did about originalism and like some of the correlations about like Americans following the Constitution and trying to think about original intent. And I think the idea of original intent is really powerful. But Emily, I think you're really onto that about like if you're just going with like, well, what's happening now is doesn't match the original intent, and that's all you're trying to prove, you're not actually getting at what the original intent was. So I think that's mm. very on the nose. Mm. So that's my answer. I think that it could be just like a, a general, look, here's how you're going to be defined as a follower of me. Upon this rock, and maybe this tower, is he basically saying to Peter, like, mm, 
No, I got lost in the thought. I don't know if this has historical precedence at all, but like, how would that sentence be changed if he had used the word school? Or if the word that he used in any way means school of thought? Because like the rabbis at the time, oh. like there were multiple schools of thought in Second Temple Judaism, right? Like there was the Essenes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like rabbis were known for like developing, not like a systematic theology, but like a school of thought or an emphasis. So like that doesn't seem that out of pocket to me for Jesus to say something like this. And like, how would it like, of course, we, the modern reader think church institution, but like, what if it was more akin to like school of thought? Like, I'm going to build my school of thought on you, like on this idea. I think what happens is, is when we understand the translation of Peter coming from Petros, meaning rock, we take it to mean the literal idea of a rock like the ground in which Peter would build the institution. Oh, like the strong foundation versus the weak. Yes. And I think it's meant to be more of a, of a existential foundation. Like you, your person is the rock. It's not where your feet are standing. It's you are standing. (laughs) Like it's about you as a person and what you are bringing outside of the institution. I think we do a disservice when we only focus on institution Mm. or if we solely focus on the person, I think the two are related, but I, I, Josh, I think you're onto something with this idea of, no, it's more of a school of thought. It's expanding beyond institution or dogma. It's, it's approaching something that's broader and can be more expansive than an institution. Mm. Yeah. Cause you guys say school of thought and I, yeah, there's like rabbinical tradition happening around Jesus, of course. I also think about his Jewish contemporaries and how like Jesus lived at the same time as Seneca, right? So like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. There are like Greek schools of thought mm-hmm. going on in this Roman world. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So like Pythagoras, Plato, Aristotle. They're going to bleed into one another. They're going to bleed into each other. So like I I can ex- I like saying that Jesus is saying like hey there's going to be a school of thought built on what you say and what you do Peter so shoulder that responsibility and understand how much sway you hold and Peter then goes and preaches on the day of Pentecost and converts 3000 people right and it wasn't an institution it was a person Correct. And yet. But it became eventually because he's tr- traditionally the first pope. Yeah. So it became a thing. But we don't have like an equivalent, at least I don't think so. Uh, you could maybe argue modern university, but like we don't have like a Plato institution. Mm. University, maybe. Maybe. I'll give, I'll give you that one off the bat. <laughs> I think the closest we get in American culture is Democrat Republican. Oh, like the government structure, like the republic. Oh, and well, I was thinking like in terms of like schools of thought and like people identifying with them. Right. I guess there's an argument to be made about like universities and like like football teams or something like that, like a group that you identify with. Sure. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Well, I'm just saying like the university. Even just the, the institution of university. The idea of the university is kind of like rooted in Western Greek mm-hmm. methodology mm-hmm. of like pupils studying with effectively professors for years you know that's like what pythagoras had and that also was kind of a weird cult but uh, we don't need to get into that. but yeah again like we don't have a parallel 
unless we do and i'm just yeah maybe it is universities like i just it does it strikes me that we don't have a parallel of like and here's the church of plato or if we're treating school of thought the same way there well and i think that is where we fall short of that idea is because we didn't roll with that ball of school of thought. We rolled with the idea of institution and creating church as a structure focused on buildings and containing dogma. So is that an extension of the Jewish roots of it all, especially the desire for temple? Probably. You think? We it, like it's we valid. already had like a priestly class. Right. Like the idea of a priestly class was already set up in Judaism. The first Christians were famously Jewish. <laughs> we can't forget that. So they just like give a little new spin on it and say like, well, we used to worship at a temple shaped building. Let's pick a new building and we go worship over there instead. Especially because we see throughout architecture, some remnants of temple were brought over to new buildings. They may have changed stylistically some elements for aesthetics. Right. But the foundations would have been primarily the same. You know, they're not going to reinvent the wheel. So cool. Yeah. I think it's really easy to think about it as like a really quick flip, though. Like, I know we all know it wasn't, but like, yeah, right. I, I feel like in our context, the closest equivalent we see is like church splits or like denomination splits, like yeah. Emily's denomination just went through. But like, mm -hmm. even then, like, they're almost like, like nearly carbon copies of each other by like one issue usually <laughs> at first and then like over time like over over a hundred years of course the american baptists look different in their like form and function than the southern baptists but like mm. like of course it's like a development like i read that book after jesus before christianity uh last oh, year yeah. no yeah, yeah year before oh my gosh i think that was the year before i think i read that in 2022 fantastic book everyone should read that i think if anyone's interested in the bible religion at all it's written by a number of scholars it's very research-based, like on the latest scholarship and research there is. I was really fascinated to like hear about like several of the like, and they like talk about like how to label this and like how it's like really weird to label these groups <laughs> at all. But like for lack of a better term, the like proto-Christian groups that were like starting to develop and like are basically the ancestors of Christian communities in the first century. It's so fascinating. Like even like among those groups to like hear about like some of the differences between them, some oh, of their yeah. different focuses. Like some of them were like very focused on like bathhouse culture in the Roman Empire, and like other ones were like, no, we don't care about that. We're not, we're not Roman. That's like not our focus. <laughs> uh, but like they were all like almost all identified as Jewish still. But then like some didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so like there's always like there's like all of this like development and stuff. But I think that your question, Stephen, originally is really interesting because like I'm always curious why Christians aren't more interested in that question. Because like if you're going to believe that Jesus is fully God and that God is somehow omniscient or at least very, very predictive, <laughs> if you have a different view, uh, then like Jesus should be able to, like, in that moment, Jesus telling that to Peter, Jesus should be able to, like, foretell somehow, like, how all of this will, like, be developed out of Judaism and then, like, into Roman Catholicism and then, like, all these, like, splits and, like, spinoffs and, like, all these crazy things and then would, like, see down the road to cults and then see that we have, like, 55 Christian denominations. And, like, I think Christians should be so interested 
in whether or not that's what Jesus had intended. And I've never ran across that curiosity. Like, I, do, I really don't think it's the exclamation point of like, see, this is why Christianity is false. Isn't that weird, though? Because I only had the question once I was out of Christianity. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not a normal question. We just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel. Seriously, there's a lot of great shows out there, and we're grateful to be in your feed. Thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology. If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between. And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency. For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you. Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music, In Full Color. I want to tackle something, though, that you said, Josh, uh, the idea of God being either predictive or, like, omniscient. Sure. My understanding, and this is by no means the only understanding, y'all know Madam Web? No, I don't think so. Do you know Madam Web? From no. Okay, so Madam Web is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's, like, a Spider-Man-esque person, and she can predict possibilities. Oh, and so it's not so much it's one track and that's like she can tell the future. It's she can see so many possibilities of futures and see which one is the most probable to occur. You're a Molinist. That's like the Doctor Strange holding up the one finger to. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. With this idea, though, I'm going to say with this idea, though, I think for Christians, We only see one possible outcome for the church because we only have the farsight to read that particular scripture based on what translation has given us and to say, well, this must have been what Jesus was talking about. Mm. Like, this is where we ended up. This has to be what Jesus was talking about. We don't have that divine understanding to be able to say there were so many possible outcomes of what church could have looked like. (laughs) Who's to say this is what it was supposed to look like? Because in my opinion, it's kind of shit right now. As a woman of the cloth. That's coming from the pastor in the group, I should point out. As a woman of the cloth, I can say it's kind of shit right now. Because we're seeing so many destructive behaviors in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, acted Mm -hmm. on by the church. That's not what Jesus wanted. Like, Uh Jesus Jesus ain't being like, well... They nailed it. Good for them. They're going to figure it out. They're no. doing it. They're, They're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's no, it's pathetic. So that was when you said that I said, mm, hold on here. Well, yeah, it's, it's hard to not read history as if every event was inevitable. Right. We also are very egocentric people. To, for sure. And it, it's all like, and it, it all led up to me. <laughs>
even, it all even leads up to passage. this. Even yeah. think about the passage. On you, I will build my church. Automatically, we're going to have this very self-centered understanding of, oh, yeah, it's all up to Peter. It is on Peter's shoulders, and now I'm the future of the church. For sure. Youth yeah. are the f- it's very much an egocentric, individualistic idea of God, and it's heartbreaking and stupid. That's just my opinion. Oh, wow. I love that take. That's a great. Thank you. I often think about, I heard uh, Pete Holmes on a podcast. I asked Rob Bell once, what do you think Jesus would say to us if he was like in the room making this podcast? And Rob Bell goes, yeah, Jesus would probably just ask, why are you still talking about me? (laughs) But I love that energy of like, what would you ask Jesus right now? Emily. Jesus walks into your church next Sunday and he asks, Hey, do you mind me asking like, what is going on here? And you say, yeah, this is, this is my church. This is the Methodist church in Cody, Wyoming. And he goes, the what? And you're like, yeah, the church. And he goes, like, what do you think his reaction is of like, Oh, this is not, this is not what I meant. Or would he be like, okay, show me around. (laughs) Well, first off, I think he would have to sit in the sanctuary for a minute because Oh. The stained glass window at Cody and I Methodist Church is not a traditional stained glass window where we have white Jesus plastered everywhere. Yeah, right. Also, I think if Jesus came in and he introduced himself as Jesus, I wouldn't even say this is my church because I don't even say that to yeah, people. Those were bad words for me to put in your mouth just now. Yeah, I, I would say like, this is the church that I serve. This is Cody United Methodist Church. I serve this church. Cool. And then I think I would offer him food because like it's standard at my church. So we have food constantly. There's cookies out already for sure. Oh, we have at least once a month, a full Filipino spread. Like we don't just do, you know, little tea sandwiches. We go ham at our church. So like literally sometimes ham, I would be like, go get soup, grab a cup of coffee and ask me any question you want. And then it would just, Go from there. Like so service ends then. You've preached a sermon. There's been four to five songs. Uh the kids have gotten up there and hung out around the front. Mm-hmm. The plate has been passed. We do communion every week. The communion has been served. How do you think Jesus rates the church based on experiencing Cody United Methodist? Mm. Crazy hypothetical. <laughs> No, you're making me think because like our bishop was here, not this Sunday, but like the Sunday before. And she sat in service and we had hardly anyone in service because we were in the negative 16, negative 20s. But we still had a few people. Yeah. And she came up to me afterwards. She said, I have never felt so welcomed by so few people. The fewest numbers of people made her feel just enveloped with love and support. Cool energy. Honestly, Cody UMC, I think on a scale of one to 10, Jesus would give you a solid 7.75. Wow. Yeah. Because there's easily room to grow. But I also don't want to just be like, yeah, you know, no, I know what we do well. Like, I know how we keep growing. I know what those people are doing to be the church. And they have... They have a good footing of knowing like, yeah, the building's important, but I'd rather go be at Cody Craft Brewing on Tuesday where people know that we're the Methodists having a good time. <laughs> so we're, so 
you're saying like because the ecclesia is embodied and this isn't just like show up in this building to satisfy a cultural quota social norm Mm -hmm. quota i like that i i think i agree with that i've seen like i've visited your church virtually a couple times and listened to your sermons and what do you think jesus would think about the modern sermon as an art form i think i think jesus would love it really (laughs) really i mean yeah he gives some sermons Famously, he gives sermons. I think especially <laughs> if you don't use a manuscript, I don't use a manuscript. I think he would appreciate it because Oh, because you're riffing. Because you're riffing. You're not rehearsed. You're literally in the moment. Mm. Like I can recall times where I would have like ideas of a sermon ready to go. And then that morning, either shit hits the fan or something comes up on the news and like the spirit consumes me and says, You need to change what you're saying. Like you're, these are not your words. You are a mouthpiece. They say about you. I think Jesus would really appreciate that to say, it's not about the pastor. <laughs> like they are just, they are simply stating good news, which is coming from God, not from them. And I think if people don't get that sense, then we need to reevaluate what church is supposed to be. Cause it comes back to that egocentric, self-serving, manipulative institution even almost in a way that's like it's self-serving but also with that dash of like all glory to god though it's not me like there's a there's a phrase that came up all the time at my last church and the idea was it's our job to make jesus famous i've hated that one so much which first of all it's such a thin veil to be like yeah and we make jesus famous by becoming famous ourselves sean foyt my nausea is through the roof like that (laughs) i think jesus would hear that slogan and flip an infinity number of tables (laughs) he'd be like Mm -hmm. what are you talking Mm -hmm. about yeah yeah i do think it's really fascinating on the like sociological level that any modern church I would even loop in Orthodox Christians to this. Any modern church functionally looks nothing like anything that's described in the New Testament. Agreed. There is, that is a huge, like, we have to get back to like early church. Yes, that is such a huge thing, which I will say, (laughs) if people actually did that and people acted like those early groups that were basically proto-Christians, it would actually be very radical. There'd be a whole hell of a lot of gender bending going on. There'd be a lot of like food sharing and resource sharing. It's actually a pretty idyllic way of living. Going back to your point about living the quiet life. Small community level, there would be no poverty. Are you kidding me? Social insurance. We'd be able to better serve the community because there isn't this huge hierarchy of power. Yeah. On the other hand... (laughs) many new religious movements, especially in America and in upstate New York, have tried to replicate that to no success. So (laughs) I'm not even saying that like that's what should happen, but it is really interesting that like so many people are like in, especially in like Protestantism, I think, but maybe that exists in other branches too. I don't know. I, I think that a lot of people like have this sense of like, well, if we can only just get back to the original church, yeah, like, 
it'll all be right. Like it'll be. Why do you think they failed? Uh, the early Christians or the like the groups that try to resurrect something. The the groups that try to resurrect it. Yeah. Oh. I think it's complicated. I think that not any of I I don't think to me it seems like they failed for any one specific reason. Okay. Like for instance, the Shakers failed because they didn't believe in having sex. So that didn't really continue. Yeah, if you don't multiply. <laughs> the Catholics had him on that one. I will say. That's true. And the Mormons. Huge. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do think that any group, I think the bigger it gets, the more susceptible you are to having social problems, abuses or not. And economic. I don't think an economic model exists that would let anything like that work. Yeah, no. I mean, there are like self-sustaining intentional communities that exist. But how like, big are they? Not huge. That's the thing. I think there's always a critical mass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... And then all of a sudden, yeah, you hit this critical mass and then all of a sudden you're asking yourself the basic questions of like, oh, we need a government. <laughs> Dang it. Shoot. And also like shit happens. Like actually good on whoever started it to make the church institutionalized because like bureaucracy is going to be around for forever. Yeah. It, it refuses to die, actually. Bureaucracy so, was around long before Christianity was. Yeah. But whoever applied it to the Christian church. Like they were smart. I don't know if the Catholics can take credit for that or not, but I would argue that's. The, I think that's the Jewish roots. I think that's like part of what they were already doing in Second Temple world, to a degree. But I don't think it was a full on implementation of bureaucracy. I think Josh is on. I think yeah. I think it was. I'm going to tilt my hat towards the Catholic Church on that. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for being such a. He's doing he's, it. He's just my rock. <laughs> They're doing this guy's it. my rock. <laughs> he gets a trophy. <laughs> so how different? Oh my gosh! I know this is uh, another topic for another. Yeah, day. banger at the end. Here we go. How different is it if Jesus said instead, "Mary, upon this tower I build my church"? I'd say hell fucking yeah. I don't remember what the connection is in the imagery between rock and tower. Supposedly, it's pretty significant. There's an episode of Bible for Normal People that came out last season about it. I'll link to it. Excellent. The, <sighs> those guys know more than I do. <sighs> Got to plug where I work, you know? <laughs> I do think that it would be a much more, at the very least, I think it'd be much more egalitarian of a view of church and community and following the teachings of someone having the, like, in my mind, just to make like a biblical reference, it seems like an obvious callback to like an Adam and Eve situation. Mm. Like, like on, on these two people that represent humanity and like the production of humanity, mm. like this is how humanity moves forward. I think that that could be a really profound like meaning. I like that. Was, was Peter married? I don't know if we know. Mary was. <laughs> Mary was possibly. Yeah, she boned Jesus a couple times, probably. Sure. Just kidding. I don't know. I if mean, you know. if Jesus was a devout Jew, more than likely they were married. We did that in the historic Jesus study. It was a great conversation. Yeah. We should talk about that sometime. That's not yeah, talked about nearly enough. No. That's one of my topics is the historic Jesus. So. Hell yes, it is. Huge. Yeah. Well, Emily, I know we're nearing the end of our time here. If you were Jesus, and you were going to invent benedictions, and you were going to be like, oh, uh, on this benediction, I'm going to build my benedictions. This is how it's going to go. 
what would be your like rule of thumb? One of the clunkiest yet. Hey, before we, while, yeah. while I let you build up that foundation <laughs> for your benediction, can I say that you guys are fun to podcast with? I love it. And I love what we have in our Discord through the Patreon community. We must shout out our newest friend. Yeah. Added to the Patreon, my dear friend Alex. Yes. Has joined the group. Got to give him a shout out. Got to shout out everyone else who is in on that. And honestly, if you listen, can I just say thank you? I We really appreciate it. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we've been getting a pretty steady uh, stream of new reviews on Apple. All good, <gasps> too. Five stars. What? Some very kind words over there. Um, we're not on social media anymore. That's part of us learning what it's like to be healthy and not strive so much and be. But yeah, upon that rock, we've built... <laughs> On this rock, I will build my church. Could be any number one of us. And church is changing, just like formations of the earth change. We are constantly shifting and experiencing something new. And although buildings may crumble and fall, love and community will last eternally. Go and be peace with you.